On today's episode of the program, Dwayne Haskins has been dragged through the mud on the World Wide Web today, and it's about time that we come to the defense of our quarterback. Plus, we are right in the middle of NFL free agency. I'll tell you who we signed and which fits I like the best. That's all coming up on this edition of the Pigpen Podcast. Drag up that diesel. This is the Pigpen Podcast. I'm your host, Denton Day, at Denton underscore Day on Twitter. If this is your first time listening, as always, be sure to subscribe to the Hogshaven podcast feed. And if you're not a member already, go to the website, hogshaven.com, and become a member over there. We got a ton to talk about. The NFL has really been the saving grace for us sports fans during this coronavirus epidemic that is facing our nation. So before we get into all that, I hope everyone is well. I hope you're staying safe, and I hope you're being smart about your health in this very wacky time that we are in in society right now. So hopefully everyone is good. I am doing my best to not go insane over here. Although the good news is the NFL game day, which is like their version of League Pass, they just allowed everyone to to watch free games until I think it's May. Something like that. So that's going to be pretty cool. Watch some of your favorite Redskins games. We don't have a ton to choose from over the past two decades, but you go back and watch some of your favorite games. So excited about that. We do have a lot to talk about today. Uh, I'm going to try and touch on all of these topics as quickly and as efficiently as I can. We will get to the free agency stuff. We'll do that on the back end of the podcast. I know you would think, hey, it's free agency now. Why wouldn't we start with that? Well, we're going to start with the Dwayne Haskins thing. And we're going to start with the Cam Newton situation because with this Cam Newton situation, it has arisen the conversation about the Dwayne Haskins thing that's going on on the internet, which is that he is just getting dragged through the mud once again, which is a normal thing at this point. And it sucks that that has become a normal thing. But if you just on any given day, you can look on any sort of version of Twitter, uh, whether it's Redskins Twitter, whether it's like national football Twitter, any version of Twitter, any area of Twitter, you can find somebody that's given Dwayne Haskins a hard time on the internet. And I understand that's kind of the point of what Twitter is. It's literally just an avenue for sports fans to give individuals a hard time. But at a certain point, like, can we please just take a damn break out of this? So we'll start with Cam Newton first, because this is, I would say, maybe a tad more alarming uh, with him being out in Carolina, not officially out, but on the way out. There is some there are some big issues with him and that organization. He is going to get traded whether he actually gave them permission to trade him or not. The move is that Cam Newton is going to be traded. And the first thought in everyone's head when you say, oh, Cam Newton is going to be traded, well, what's his old head coach doing? And his old head coach is now our head coach. So the obvious link is there between Cam Newton and Ron Rivera. But as God is my witness, if the Washington Redskins trade for Cam Newton, find me a window. Find me a singular window, and I'm going to jump the hell through it. I do not want Cam Newton. I don't. I don't want him in, it, like, literally any ounce of my body do I want Cam Newton to quarterback the Washington Redskins. And that's not necessarily because I dislike Cam Newton. I think when he is playing at his best, he's a very good quarterback. That MVP year was fun. Do, do I think that he can always do that MVP-type stuff? I don't. I thought it was just everything working right together, great defense, but it still was a fun year I don't want Cam Newton quarterback in the Washington Redskins, though. 
We already have enough former Carolina Panthers in this organization. We don't need to just continue to bring more and more guys in and say, hey, let's try and redo this thing that didn't work somewhere else. Let's just try and do it here. That's not how this should be. So for that reason, I don't want Cam Newton. And also because I actually really like Dwayne Haskins. It almost feels like that's a crime to say nowadays. But what I saw from Dwayne Haskins and the bits and pieces that he played last year, I saw things that I can look at and say, I think this is going to work. I'd like Dwayne Haskins. He is the guy that I want to move forward with with this team. We drafted him 15th overall last year for a reason. People in the building liked him, and now some of those people who maybe didn't like him are not here anymore. Some of those people that did like him maybe still be here. Some of the people that did like him maybe aren't here anymore anyway. I mean, we had such a big turnover, but Dan Snyder obviously likes him a decent amount, um, and we can debate as to who actually made the draft pick. Was it Jay? Was it Dan? I don't really care, but I, what I do care about is that Dwayne Haskins is our guy. And we need to continue moving forward with him. We are putting this dude through the absolute ringer right now. And it's really for no reason. I mean, the coach won't commit to him. We have people taking shots on him uh, from every single situation, every single uh, angle that you can possibly imagine. I'm sure there's people making TikToks about Dwayne Haskins and taking shots at him. They're like, who's taking shots at the people on TikTok? He'd be the only quarterback that's getting that. Everyone seems to dislike Dwayne Haskins right now. And I can't understand why. I mean, maybe he's not the absolute great. Like, did he have flaws this year? Yeah, he did. But he's a rookie quarterback playing with a team that was broken. Like, what did we think this dude was going to be? I have a feeling. This is this is like reverse RG3 syndrome a little bit. Because if you remember when Robert Griffin came, everyone was stoked. Absolutely stoked. And we had a right to be. We traded basically a the future of the franchise for him. He gave up multiple first-round picks, way more than we should have. He was exciting in college. You were thinking, hey, this is the Redskins guy. And everybody was stoked. And for the first season, it really worked. And then it kind of unraveled from there. And we know the rest of that story. Well, this is like the reverse with Dwayne Haskins. Like, people don't want to like this guy. I don't know if it's the personality. I don't know if they just want to be different. I don't know what the situation is, but what I know is that people do not want to like Dwayne Haskins for whatever the reason is. And they are doing that in a very public fashion. We said, oh, he can't read a playbook. He can't call plays. Is he dyslexic? Receivers don't want to play with him. It's all of these things. It's like you just have all of these excuses in some sort of proverbial hat, and you're just picking and plucking them out of a hat any given week and saying, this is what we're going to run with this week. It's getting annoying. Like, this propaganda is frustrating at this point. Just let the man do his work. The receiver thing was the weirdest one. That's kind of the one that went viral today. It was on 106.7 The Fan, and I actually do like Grant and Danny. I listen to them from time to time when I'm driving uh, back from work after I do my morning shifts at SiriusXM. So I do listen to them from time to time. But I was listening to this actual, this take, and it was... I can't get behind this at all. Like, literally not a single ounce of me gets behind this tank. I don't know what sources they were utilizing to to get this information, but this idea that wide receivers are not coming here because they don't want to play with Dwayne Haskins is something that I can't really wrap my head around. But I also think we need to use a little bit of logic here because I'm attacking this perspective from a fan because I do like Dwayne Haskins and I'm a Dwayne Haskins guy. But I think we can also take on this perspective from a logical sense and think to ourselves, well, what receivers are we really missing out on? 
because the way that this was stated, it's like we are missing out on all of these great wide receivers that are deciding to sign elsewhere. Like we missed out on Stefan Diggs, but that's not something we can realistically control because of Dwayne Haskins. That was a trade. And I bet Stefan Diggs would have loved it to come play with Dwayne Haskins. It sure seemed like on social media, those two guys got along. But that's not the Redskins. That's not Stefan Diggs saying, hey, I don't want to go play there. That's just the Redskins not pulling the trigger on the trade. So Stefan Diggs wanted to play here. I mean, that's, that, that's the best wide receiver of this group that we're going to talk about today. He wanted to play here. But what did we miss? We're talking about, oh, well, receivers don't want to come play here like pass catchers don't want to play here well Austin Hooper got paid a lot more money than he probably should have to go play in Cleveland now he got big money from the Browns you're not turning that sort of money down like you're just not that has nothing to do with Dwayne Haskins they paid him a good amount of money more than he was probably worth on most other teams payrolls on their open market idea whatever they had for him Cleveland wanted Austin Hooper and they did everything they could to get Austin Hooper Amari Cooper turned us down but that's not a bad thing I mean, are we really going to sit here and pretend, based on some of the numbers that we have heard thrown around, are we going to sit here and pretend like we're mad that we didn't get Amari Cooper? I mean, give me a damn break. The rumor said we are going to make him the highest paid wide receiver in football. I almost threw up when I read that. Like, not even just throw up in my mouth. I almost full-blown threw up when I saw that the Redskins significantly outbid Dallas and that our offer would have made him the highest paid wide receiver in football. Is Amari Cooper even top 10? That's a dead-ass question right now because if he is a top 10 wide receiver in football, he is low on the list. Like he's nowhere near the top five, and we're going to make this dude the highest-paid wide receiver? Hell no. That's a win that he turned us down. I'm dead serious. That is a win. We should be running through the streets with joy that Amari Cooper didn't accept our contract to be the highest-paid wide receiver in football. The dude has never gone over 1,300 yards in a season. And maybe that's a weird benchmark. Like, oh, what does that really mean? Well, if you're not going over 1,300 yards, are you really deserving of being the highest paid wide receiver in football? No, you're not. He was great in college. He's had a couple good years with Dallas. He's kind of been annoying with them. He had one good year in Oakland. He is not a guy that you look at and say, that dude should be the highest paid wide receiver. That's just not how the wide receiver market works. Like with quarterbacks, when it comes to quarterbacks giving out big contracts, the general rule of thumb is you have to get paid more than the guy that last got paid or at least be on that same level. Well, receivers don't work that way. And you don't need to give Amari Cooper anywhere near Michael Thomas money because Michael Thomas is very clearly better than Amari Cooper. So us not getting Amari Cooper has nothing to do with Dwayne Haskins and it should be more a blessing because that's an overpaid, that's a big splash. That's some like mid-2000s Redskins free agency stuff right there. Like Albert Hainsworth sort of thing. Giving Amari Cooper the highest paid contract. Hell no, that's a win. If we're mad at that, if we're pointing figures like, hey, Dwayne Haskins couldn't get to play with Amari Cooper, good. Good. I don't want no damn Amari Cooper here. Get out of here with that noise. And some of the other, these other wide receivers, like Robbie Anderson, a fine wide receiver, but we can go without him. Emmanuel Sanders, I do like Emmanuel Sanders, I will say. Like, of all the receivers on this list, if there is one that I would like to come play with us, it is Emmanuel Sanders. And it does kind of bother me that the rumor circuit is suggesting that Dallas has interest in him. That makes me a tad uncomfortable because I do like Emmanuel Sanders. But we don't need him. We already kind of have someone who plays similar to him. I mean, he's a, he's a deep threat that can take a top off a of defense, not a big possession wide receiver, though. And we're kind of in the market for a guy that can go over the middle and make some big catches, right? 
I mean, we have our speed guys. Like our, when it comes to speed on the outside, we're pretty good. We need, we need guys that can go uh, run those tough routes over the middle. So I don't know if Emmanuel Sanders is that guy. And I do think, by the way, that some of the receivers on our current depth chart, like our big three that we had, what I'm just deciding is the big three, with Steve Sims Jr., uh, Terry, of course, and then Harmon, I like that trio. I, I think they're going to be pretty good. I think I'm expecting all those guys to get better, which is scary for Terry McLaurin because he was really damn good last year. And then some, these are some of the other free agent wide receivers. Like, I want you to listen very carefully to some of these names that were. I mean, some of these guys have been signed, but these were some of the guys that were available. Randall Cobb. Are you paying Randall Cobb in 2020? Like, the Houston Texans paid Randall Cobb a good amount of money in 2020 immediately after they traded DeAndre Hopkins. So any move that Houston makes immediately after trading DeAndre Hopkins for the, the, uh, the trade that they actually did, for the return that Houston got, any move after that should be automatically considered a dumb one. So not paying Randall Cobb, that's a good move. Are we mad that Philip Dorsett doesn't want to play with Dwayne Haskins? Like, really? No, we're not. Devin Funchess, Nelson Aguilar. Like, the list of guys, the wide receivers that may or may not supposedly not want to play with Dwayne Haskins are guys that you would look at and say, yeah, good. We don't want them here. We don't want to overpay for Devin Funchess. We just don't. We have to be smart and logical about this situation. This wide receiver draft class coming up is incredibly deep. Incredibly deep. And the free agency wide receiver class is incredibly slim. So when these free agent wide receivers say, oh, I don't want to play with Dwayne Haskins, to hell with you. We will find somebody better than you in like round five. And that person will actually want to play with Dwayne Haskins. Maybe it'll be KJ Hill. Hell, just stack the deck with Ohio State wide receivers. Some of the guys that caught the 50 touchdowns he threw his final year in college. Just stack the deck with those guys. It worked very well with Terry McLaurin. I'm not opposed to going back to that well and seeing if we strike gold again. This, that narrative is so dumb. Like I, I, I literally just can't wrap my head around that. It's a forced narrative that just seems to throw shade in the direction of our quarterback for absolutely no reason. Unbelievable. All right. It is free agency, though. We did make some big signings. Let's jump into those now. As we're discussing these free agents, I do think it's important to uh, to mention this. It is 8.03 on Wednesday. My biggest fear in doing this free agency podcast is that I would put something out, and then by the time you get around to actually listening to this, we have this big, massive move that has already occurred, and you're like, ah, damn it. Like, I'm too late on this. But it's 8.03 on a Wednesday night, and and some of the guys that we've signed, we have not made a huge splash, which I don't think is a bad thing, because if you've been around this team for more than like 10 years, you realize that occasionally when we make big splashes, uh, they don't work. In fact, they very rarely ever work when we make a big free agency splash, so we haven't done a whole lot of that, but we have picked up some really good signings. The big one, I would say, is the Kendall Fuller reunion, four years, $40 million for Kendall Fuller. I, like many of you, I'm sure, were very upset when uh, when he was traded as a part of that Alex Smith trade. I was not happy about that at all. I loved the way that he had been playing for us at that point uh, to close that season, that particular season out. And to see him get traded was kind of a kick in the groin a little bit. So I'm really excited to have him back. And we have absolutely stacked the deck with linebackers. And like a part of me is almost a tad worried because there's only so many spots on the field for said linebackers, but we signed Thomas Davis to a one-year deal. He's 37 years old, but Thomas Davis is really, really good. He, he had more tackles than anyone on the team last year, 112, and statistically, 2019 
despite his age, was actually one of the best seasons that he has had in his career. So I really like that move. And with a one-year deal, it's kind of like a prove it. Like, hey, we, we don't have a ton committed to you, so let's just see what we can get out of him. I like that. Kevin Pierre-Lewis, uh, one-year deal for $3.45 million. Sean Davis, who's a safety, a one-year deal for $5 million. I like that move, too. I like bolstering the secondary a little bit. I would love I would love for Quentin Dunbar to stick around, to work this thing out with the team a little bit, because Kendall Fuller, Sean Davis, Landon Collins, and Quentin Dunbar, uh, I do like that combination. And then, like, I mean, maybe you could move Kendall Fuller around. He did play really well in the slot for us for a little bit, so if he wanted to have somebody else on the outside. But Sean Breland did say that he was not opposed to a reunion, and he played really well last year, especially in the playoffs for Kansas City. I'm not against that. I do think it would be kind of weird to run that back in 2020. But uh, Dunbar, Breland, Fuller, Davis, and Landon Collins, that's not a bad group of five right there. So if if the price is right for Bashad Breland, I am not at all opposed to bringing him back because I did really like watching him play. Uh, Wes Schweister, there's no way I pronounced that name right. I apologize. Big guard, three years, $13.5 million. We did franchise tag Brandon Sheriff, obviously. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you know that by now. John Bostic is coming back, two years, $6 million. And just before I started taping this, Nate Orchard uh, was re-signed as well. So we have a good amount of linebackers. And our linebacking court last year was, to put it nicely, not good. It, it was the weakest part of our defense. I thought our defense was going to be really good last year, and it really was. And there were a lot of issues with that, about 99 problems uh and all of them came from Greg Minuski but uh the linebacking core was not was not good at all so I like the fact that we are trying to bolster that now I don't know how we are going to divvy up the time though because I've listed off a couple names here that I think guys who can all play guys that can all play now for the team especially once we move back to that 4-3 but the one name that is not on this list because he's technically on our roster despite the fact not playing last year is Reuben Foster and he's a guy that I'm looking at and thinking I'm really excited to see what he can do he's a guy that has had some off the field issues like the way we know these things but he's a guy that loves football I loved watching him in Alabama for the amount of time the small amount of time that he did play in San Francisco he lived up to the hype a little bit so I'm excited to see what he is like coming back from the injury I know that'll be a little tough but I'm excited to see what Reuben Foster can do and I look at this linebacking quarter if we just decide Thomas Davis who can play outside in a 4-3 John Bostic, you can put in the middle, and then you could maybe move Ruben Foster to the outside in a 4-3 uh, if possible. At this point, I think he he might be open to something like that just on how his career has gone so far. He just needs to get on the field. But you look at those three linebackers, and I mean, that's a pretty solid group, and that's just three dudes. Like You can pick and, pick and choose all of these guys that you can kind of plug into different places, and if they're willing to be versatile, our linebacking core is going to be a lot better than it was last year, and we already know how good our defensive line is. Right, like We know our defensive line is poised, has potential, especially once we bring this Chase Young individual in from Ohio State. You bring that dude in, and our defensive line is poised to be a very, very scary unit. Uh, I, I might as well, I mean, hell, I don't really care at this point. It's March, and I, I've been having this in my head since I realized we were going to get Chase Young. Our defensive line next year could be one of the best defensive lines in football. It might not be as good as San Francisco's because theirs is completely unreal, But I don't think it's out of the question to say we would at least be in the conversation if everybody stays healthy on our defensive line. We have so many dudes that can get after the quarterback and play the run. Our defensive line is going to look good. So when you have that good defensive line and then you match it with those three guys, Davis, Bostic, and Reuben Foster in some form or fashion, 
that's a pretty good front seven. And I'm a guy that firmly believes in that you build a defense through the front seven. And then adding Kendall Fuller to the secondary, adding Sean Davis, I'm excited to see what this team is going to do defensively. And I don't think we're done making moves yet. Like it's only Wednesday. Eventually somebody's going to slip through the cracks. We're going to get some sort of steal. And then we have the draft coming up. This is a really good spot for the Redskins right now. Instead of using the money that they have to make big splashes, they're using small amounts of it to get a lot of good football players in, which is the best way to do so. It's refreshing to see our team doing something intelligent. I mean, I'm knocking on wood right now just to make sure it stays this way, but it is nice to see our team is moving and doing intelligent things in free agency instead of just throwing all of the money at Amari Cooper and saying, let's make him the highest paid wide receiver in football. What a terrible idea that would have been. Unbelievable. I still, I, I, that's, I have nightmares about that. I have actually lost sleep about the idea of us making Amari Cooper the highest paid wide receiver in football. But I'm not getting on that tangent again. I'm not going back on that rant. Let me know what you guys do think about some of the free agents that, that we have signed and who else do you want? I do have a question, and maybe we'll address this in the next podcast, depending on what happens with Trent Williams. But if we continue making sort of these small money moves, there might be money to to keep Trent Williams. I mean, the $20 million that he's asking for is a high price tag, but this might be something we can discuss at a later date, uh, depending on how things go in the world of free agency. But let me know who you think has been the best free agency signing. And if you want to defend Dwayne Haskins, I am right there with you at Denton underscore day on Twitter. If you want to come after Dwayne Haskins, get the hell off the internet. Take that negative energy somewhere else, please. We don't need that. But until next time, that's going to do it for this episode of the Pink Ben Podcast. I will see you next week.